to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Good morning, Mateo. Back after some time off. Did you get some rest? No. <laughs> Hell no. No rest. So time off is relative then, right? Yeah, it was time off, but it's uh for those that have been following us on social, um, this is we're we're here for episode 12. Um, we took two or three weeks off from recording, but there's a brand new website. So check it out. If you haven't checked it out, the no BS short-term rental podcast.com. Every episode, new website. We're getting sponsors. Anyone's interested in sponsoring holler at us. We're down. There's, uh, there's forms on the website. Check it out. We're, we're, we're looking for you and uh, we're excited to, that we're putting out new content. I miss this man. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, no, I love the sponsorship plug and no, and, and honestly, hold up time out. The website is amazing. So props to, to our in-house tech team, John, uh, he is a one man band uh, when it came to putting that, uh, that website together. So everything that we have right now, the website, check it out. It's beautiful. Uh, hosts all of our, our previous episodes with our amazing guests. Um, it will be our one-stop shop for the podcast. So sponsors, beautiful website. Um, yeah, but another shameless plug there. Um, I'm super excited this week, man. We have a great guest, the one and only Leo from Guard Hog. It's Super Hog. Uh, a good friend from uh, across the pond. Uh, so lots of lovely things to talk with him about. Uh, so Leo, welcome to the show, brother. I know it's been a long time coming. I'm glad we finally got you on here. I can't believe I made it on. Thank you so much. Um, hello from London. How are we all? Uh, man, look, we're hot like you, I guess. You're saying, I, so it looks hot in that picture behind you. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we decided if that was sunrise or sunset, but, you know, it definitely looks hot in that picture behind you. It's hot over there. London's going through a heat wave. So for us in the States that don't know or, or don't know the metric system, what is hot? What is hot for London? Okay, let's say we're, we're about 30 degrees, um, and that's about 86 Fahrenheit okay. for you guys. So it's pretty... It's pretty hot, and you know we're not designed. Yeah, we're not designed for the heat, really. So we're doing well. We're doing well. Thank God for working at home because it means we can sort of all stay wearing next to wearing next to nothing um, and, and manage to do our do our jobs for the day. So yeah, but I can't complain. Yeah. It's so lovely. We're, we're still living with um, I don't know. You know, the, the, this COVID thing's hanging over us, as you know. So for London to be able to go and meet friends outside, have dinner. Um, eating outside, drinking outside is really cool. And as you both know, and you regularly tease me about, is only really the case for about 30 days a year in London. So we're enjoying it. What is what is the average temperature in, in Fahrenheit uh, for those on this side and Celsius for those on the, any, any other part of the world other than here in the US? Um, what is the average temperature in the summer? Let me look. I mean, it's probably it's probably these days twenty five degrees, so seventy seven. Mm-hmm. I'm being told mm-hmm. in Fahrenheit. All right, okay. but that's not. But that. But it's a short summer, you know. Like we're talking. Like when we speak to our good friends in Barcelona, um, a lot of there. <laughs> I think they're still summering in October, November. They're still jumping in the bloody sea, and then the same thing in in April 
And I speak to the guys and they're like, oh, I'm just been out having dinner and it's, it's already sort of 20, 25. We, we literally don't get that until, un, until the height of the summer. But with all, things, with all things being English, that also is normally accompanied by a lot of rain. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, coming from Portland, I get the rain part. So like that's, that's, uh, you know, it's, yeah. but Portland's beautiful when it's not raining, uh, those four months out of the year, maybe. Um, <laughs> how, how, how disappointed you must have been if you traveled across the Atlantic ocean all those years ago to arrive somewhere that's actually as rainy as the UK, because shortly they thought they were going to end up somewhere drying. You know, that would have been the first thing on my, on my travel request if I was on those ships. I, but did they know? Like, did they even know that there was different weather in like other places like that? I mean, they they clearly like the people who landed like in Boston and like those other areas that have similar climates like to the UK. Like, they had to just think it was normal until winter came, right? Like, because I think that's when it vastly separated. Uh, you know, the, the the rain turned to snow, sleet, and ice. Uh, and you know, sub zero temperatures. That I know, Linda gets. Cold. I know, Linda gets really cold too. It doesn't get that but, cold. It doesn't. It, it's but, mild. It's mediocre. But the people are fabulous. That's all I'll say. Right. Um, I get, you know, I fair think, enough. I, I think it says you know, it, it's got a real energy to it. And like so many parts of the US do, I'm sure. But L- London has this incredible energy that we just get on with it in spite of the weather. And you know, I know. Yeah. Mateo, we've hung out in London, like, you know, it's just, it, it has just got energy. And yeah. we've, we've genuinely really missed that. Like, you know, in this time, um, myself, myself and my partner have been working. So she works in a different room. I work in, I work in my, my little uh, bedroom office. And, and, you know, we don't do any of that sort of, hey, let's, let's do Friday night drinks with our friends after, after a hard week at work. And it's, it's half yeah. the fun of London. Because if you take all that stuff away, you're just, you're just left with really expensive really expensive rent right that's, right. That's right. Not great. Nope. right that's not great no that's not great right you know, actually- especially if you're living in a place where you know you bought the place to enjoy the surrounding area and so you know the place might be all right but you really wanted to be in the community and in the neighborhood right like that i could see that second big time so it's interesting because I, I sit here and, and I, I think of London and I think of the UK and then I think of the Pacific Northwest here in the US. And and then if you look at it, you know, a lot of similarities with weather and stuff like that. And like Pacific Northwest doesn't get super cold, you know, unless you get up into like hood, you know, and actually up in the mountains. But the interesting thing, if you look at, you know, the continents themselves, they're both in the Pacific Northwest of the continents. So I'm wondering if there's similarity. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm no geologist or weather <laughs> person i have no idea um I, I do say, want to say, just to say before we close that com- that part about the weather it it is a stereotype but yes english people always lead by talking about the weather and can talk about it for hours hours at a time so i i apologize mm-hmm. i've made it about the weather i've been well you know that we appreciate well, you know, here's, it here's here's to proving <laughs> stereotypes true like, <laughs> speaking of stereotypes um, yeah, did you cry when your football team lost? <laughs> did I? It's a really, it's a really good question. It's a really good question. So I, um, I was going really steady. So I wasn't really drinking. I was in with my partner who's 28 weeks pregnant, guys. Okay. So, wow. You know, congrats. So I'm, I'm, yep. yeah, congratulations. I was going to let you break that news. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I, I watched, you know, you know, my first few England tournaments, I watched them at home with my family. The next ruck, I watched out in pubs with my friends. And now I'm just 
coming back, slipping back into the idea of watching it at home as I start to start to be a family guy. Um, and so it's, it's interesting because the whole time I've been watching it in pubs, England have been rubbish. And now I've just got to the tipping point. I'm watching it at home. Maybe there's some excitement there. So I definitely didn't cry, but primarily because I wasn't really drinking. Would had I been drinking, I may have been. <laughs> but it was, you know, what, what an amazing run! Like, you know, we yeah. uh, we we were vastly improved. Our team are young, vibrant, energetic, like gentlemen, really cool guys. Our politicians could learn a lot from our footballers. Needless to yeah. say, you know, we can go into all that stuff if you want to. So I, I, I'm just incredibly proud. Of the out of the eleven players that we uh, that that we put out there, and yes, it it, ha, it has been an, an 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 amazing summer. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, and and of course I was joking about the the, the real tears, but you know, after to have such a run and then just have the at the end, it's uh no, there's real tears. Like they take that they, they take it seriously. Like again, when the 49ers lose the Super Bowl or when the Lakers don't win the championship, I'm not crying. When they lose, like it's 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 a life altering event like in a whole it's a whole nother level like it the is. energy's just it's, not even equal it's 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 completely different it's amazing and and Europe is an incredible place for soccer for for right. people. Yeah. you know the Italians are so passionate and they have this they have their own way of playing the game which is heavily focused on the art of defending and they have these mm-hmm. big personalities and big characters that kind of conduct the orchestra for them and set the tempo and they're, they're amazing to watch the spanish have their own flair the french have their own energy and then you know you see the scenes that accompany the game are fans of that country on either like the champs elysees in uh, in paris or in trafalgar mm-hmm. square in london or you know where, wherever else it might be in europe just going absolutely wild so like like everyone's got their kind of um you know they, they have their moment in the sun where they think they're going to win the tournament so you know not not for England, it was a big deal, but it was also a big deal for Denmark, who got all the way to the semi-final. Right. They're, they're, the streets of Copenhagen are going wild at the prospect of winning a tournament. And yeah, there's there's just nothing like it. And look, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm also very excited about about the Olympics. But yeah, there's nothing better than England in a tournament, you know, until, until the next day when things go wild on social media. But in the moment, it's incredible. Right. I have no interest in the Olympics whatsoever right now. Like it's, it's, it's I, I honestly didn't even know what was going on until like the track and field prelims a couple of weekends ago, I, a couple of weeks ago when that was, and those were like exciting to watch. But then I was like, oh, I forgot it's, it's the Olympics are coming. I didn't even think about it. I, I look forward to the Olympics. It, there's a new news came out today that my wife told me about that they might, it's on the potentially, you know, canceling again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just came out again today that they might shut it down um, because of the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think that's interesting too. Like Leo, like in, in putting it into the space of like travel. Like I know teams have these loyal followings throughout Europe, and they'll travel to games in packs, and I, you know, and rent buses and charter planes, and like actually travel with their team and support their team. Like I again, when do we get back to that? I, I know that has a direct impact in our industry, um, you know, those seasons and sports and, you know, just, you know, parlaying into other, you know, niche kind of travel that people do. Like, you know, when does that come back? Like, well, didn't it, didn't it come back like yesterday, like, like, tw- like 36 hours ago, didn't freedom day officially start? 
So, yeah, so let's so let's yeah, let's get into that, because John has been super excited about Freedom Day and has been wanting. Well, I don't I don't I don't like, get it dig into this. So, it's not like, that I don't get it. It's just I don't even. Yeah, I don't understand what it is so far. So, like, we're, I, we're, we're I'm using air quotes for those who can say Freedom Day. And like I've, I've read so many articles about it and it just doesn't make like. For, for those that are let, listening, let, let, let Leo tell us. Yeah, what yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to connect I want, the dots for you because I want you to. I want you to to know. I want. I want you to leave today fully fulfilled with Freedom Day. Thank you. <laughs> I feel, well, I mean, look, this, well, I know we've got time for lots of, but we're going to have lots of follow up on the Freedom Day in 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 the air quotes. And again, mm. uh, you know, we might all have vastly different views on it, so yeah, to- totally open to debating too. It, it, it's. We've got a situation in the UK where, for whatever reason, the Delta variant of COVID is is running is is running rampage through mm-hmm. our, through our, our population. So we're actually at our highest levels probably since about mid January for new infections. We seem mm-hmm. to have broken the link between hospitalizations and deaths. That's amazing yeah. news. But mm-hmm. there is rumours that hospitals are starting to fill up, and that you know. Uh, it's causing sort of people with underlying health issues not to be able to get treatment or to be yeah. in the vulnerable category. So we seem to have leapt a bit forward in calling it Freedom Day because there was talk of people dropping the mask everywhere and trying to get back to normal. But realistically, the UK is realistically is so the population is so densely packed in in the cities that yeah. these things flare up and whip around so quickly. And someone made this point to me. Um, uh, probably a couple of hours ago, I was having a conversation, and, and their head office of their business, they're in London, but their head office is in Denver, and they so they travel to Denver regularly. And they say, you know, for the guys in Denver, you know, you get in your car, you go to the office, you get in your car, you go home, you live in your own house with your own front door and your own garden, right? In London, you come up to, you know, you get on the tube like a sardine, and then you get into your office. And then you come home on your sardine in your sardine box again, and then you come up to your building and you're going through a communal entrance, and you know you hundreds of flats in the building, a bit, a bit like New York, right? It's, it's that right. same thing, well, not quite. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's different. So it's and, and so that's what that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing it whip through the urban areas. We're seeing it more contained in the in the rural areas. And what it means for travel technically is that we're trying to say. Hey guys, you can come in from outside and, and book a holiday in the UK. And what I suspect is going to happen at the European Union level is they're going to say, "Well, hold on a minute. We don't really want our population going into the UK because it's going to be one big variant factory if you're staying open mm-hmm. and catching those variants and then bringing them back to Europe where maybe they haven't rolled out as much of the vaccine as they as they ought to have or or, or mm-hmm. as, as we have in the UK." And so I think we're trying to paint the picture that it's problem solved when clearly it's just the start of a very new phase. And that new phase is how do we learn to live with COVID? And so to your point, Matteo, yeah, like vacation rental, so many of that is, so much of that is powered by people traveling to watch their sports team. 60,000 fans pack into a stadium. There's probably 25 stadiums across the UK that have that. Mm -hmm. Across Europe, we're in the hundreds, right? You know, every weekend that's going on, people are milling around. Yeah, I, I, I struggle to see how that's going to be able to, to 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 go on for the whole year. I think they're already talking about stopping that, stopping that sort of thing, and and maybe yeah. maybe creeping back a bit slower, which I I think doesn't help our industry because if people can't get on planes and trains and do these sorts of things, then they're just going to do what they did last year, which is have a holiday really close to their home where they can drive. It's secluded. Yeah. It's rural. It's by the sea. And then they know that there's very, very little chance of it being cancelled. 
Right. So let me ask, let me ask you this, you know, in terms of like vaccine rollout and vaccine attitudes, you know, it, it's, you know, here it, in the United States, everything commingles with choice and freedom. Right. And so, you know, people don't really like to be told what to do here. Um, and, you know, regardless of what you think about the vaccine or, or not, like, you know, you know, people have the right to feel the way that they, you know, they feel, but there, there's a stark reality of where the science comes into play. And, you know, with this Delta variant, like, you know, the facts are showing people who are vaccinated that get it aren't dying. People who aren't vaccinated and get it are dying. And so, like, you're starting to see clearer lines around that. And, you know, for us, like in Georgia, the you know vaccination rates are abysmal. They're 39 percent are fully vaccinated. Forty four percent have one shot. Um, and so, you know, you have to look at how that's going to reverberate around, you know, our communities, you know, at, especially if this variant picks up and keeps going. Right. And so, like, it, it, I, what is the climate like in London right now? Like, you know, it, it, you know, John and I had, you know, uh, Noelia from doing and, and she was telling us about like how they roll out the vaccine in, in Spain and how people have to wait to get like a lottery and called up. Like, are, are how is it in London? Like, do people have access? You know, are people getting vaccinated, you know, who are in the city? Because, you know, the density thing is real. Right. Like, that's why we saw New York, you know, Chicago, all these other cities where you're on top of people and have nowhere to go and have those communal spaces like not have the outlet to social distance. Um, and you saw what their numbers were. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys having, I know I'll answer your question, Matteo. Let me ask, are you guys, how are you seeing the Delta variant the same way we're seeing it in, in the UK? So it, we are in, you know, I think we are in hot and hot spots, um, you know, okay. and it's typically correlating with states with high, you know, or low vaccination rates. Yeah. Um, and they're seeing hospitalization rates come up, but I mean, we're seeing it significantly. Um, yeah, we're worried about we, it. We might, sure. you know, the exciting thing is we might be close to you know this being our last bad wave, right? Because more and more people get vaccinated, and then the boosters come, and away we go. But it just feels at the moment like we've taken yeah. a, a bit of a dive off the Olympic, um, the Olympic diving board um, after maybe doing three sessions of diving. Um, yeah. That's that, that's kind of how it feels. So so you know it, there's a bit of a leap into the unknown going on, and you know I want the yeah. industry. To, to you know return to, return to it, the industry in itself ha- actually hasn't had a bad couple of years in the sense that most people's vacations they did took were were in the vacation rental space that said yeah. it could definitely be doing better but there is just this fear and anxiety around the fact that if we all start taking bookings with confidence then we have to refund people again that's obviously a really dreadful place for us to be but you know hopefully hopefully it will hold and, and as the, the key yeah. bit there is you know the link between death and hospitalization fingers crossed looks like it's been achieved but as you say Matteo not everybody's been vaccinated and the problem is that um uh, it's 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 the younger people who haven't because they're the ones who it's they haven't quite got to them yet and you know younger people who don't have um you know partners that are 28 weeks pregnant are the ones going to watch football games in pubs and crying on each other's shoulders John yeah uh, oh you know It's interesting because here in the U.S., I think, you know, I, I saw an article um, that was talking about, um, you know, these hotspots of the Delta, uh, Delta variant here. Uh, one of them being Branson, Missouri, which is a um, it's sim- similar to where Mateo and I you know, actually met in the Gatlinburg you know, Pigeon Forge area. It's just it's, it's just interesting. Um, it's a tra- it's a drive to travel destination 
that that is just that is around drinking um lakes and like shows going to see shows it's an interesting like like in like amusement park type like style setting like um it's a great it's a great if that's what you're into but it's like lots of people packed in together and it's you know it's also in the middle of the u.s where you know there are less vaccination rates um the interesting thing though too is that you know I think as in the U.S., I think our rates are up in like the 60s percent overall, right? The higher upper 60s, lower 70s. I don't know. There's so many different news outlets. So I don't know what I actually trust or what I don't. I don't even know if I trust the CDC, you know, um, of what what is actually coming out. Again, government's behind it all. So what, you know, what kind of agenda are we pushing one way or the other? It doesn't really matter. What matters is ultimately that um, safety um, and that we are where it's, it's like anything. It's like when you're scaling a business, do you scale it appropriately? When you're opening up from, you know, being closed down, you know, you do it in an appropriate, you know, safe, you know, scalable manner. Um, and this whole freedom day to me, and, and again, you know, why I wanted, you know, what just, it's, was it Boris came out and, and said the big, uh, you know, I, I, I love that guy, by the way, in his hair, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh the well it's the same with trump his hair was amazing too i, I think there are two peas in a pod um they, they very much are they very much are a, a, a pod that i would be devastated to see growing in my garden but there you go yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna staple my lips shut on this one <laughs> just keep it moving they don't get any airtime from me <laughs> <laughs> no, i want to hear it. Mm-hmm. that's what it's about yeah another day it, it does about freedom it, day it does it does feel that way though john doesn't it, it does feel yeah. like we're you know we're why not just go a little slower why not just you know just just sort of do it in a way that that, that is responsible and i think i won't go too much into boris um other, other than to say i've actually met the guy a couple of times um, mm. um and and I, maybe that's and that's a story for another day but i did manage to give him a good old teasing about something which i was really proud of um that probably is for another day um and and, and I think he is the wrong man for the crisis. You know, you really want an attention to detail kind of leader, someone who's done their homework. Uh, whereas in the good yeah. time, you probably do want a showman who's going to sort of inspire business and say, hey, the UK is open. Here we go. Let's put all your money here. Invest. Like, let's go. But actually in a crisis, I, I, I think you want I think you want the more sort of um, head teacher type leader rather than rather than Boris as, as a leader. So I think I don't back to what you were saying, Matteo, about people following rules. We are actually in Europe. We're incredibly compliant. We're incredibly mm-hmm. compliant. You, you, you Americans must laugh um, about us being rule followers. Mm-hmm. But I think in the UK, people now really see that they they have to make their own choices on things because you can't fully you can't fully trust the government message because it's changed so much. And actually, is it led by science or is it led by pressure from business to get to get things moving? And we all understand that because we're all business people. But at the same time, you know, we, we all want to protect our families and our communities too. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point because on you know on our side, there's you know a healthy you know level of skepticism and other things um, you know around surrounding everything, and so this just you know is a, a continuation of you know kind of the broader feel like in the country and you know but at the end of the day you know there is science that is valid that is real like and unfortunately there are powers that just 
you know, again, there's people in this country that just like to be anti everything. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're emotionally driven. They, you know, it, it's hard for them to go against what they feel is right or not. Um, and, you know, when they're consistently being pandered to and, 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 you know, consistently being fed, it's confirmation for them. And, you know, unfortunately with something like this, it's going to lead to people getting unnecessarily sick and unfortunately people unnecessarily dying. And, you know, again, until that's proven to not be the case, right? Like then, you know, it's going to continue to happen. And it's just, it's just unfortunate uh, on multiple levels. And, you know, it, I think you said something that's pretty powerful in the fact that it's a choice. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, we in America struggle with the choice of, yeah, I have the right to do it. I have the freedom to do it. I don't want you to tell me what to do, but is that overshadowing doing what's right? And unfortunately, you know, our history has shown us that it takes times of extreme tragedy for us to get the commonality of, oh, yeah, we are all in these things together. Oh, yes. You know, granted, you know, we, we there are things that you need to be able to do for the good of others outside of yourself. And I think, you know, we challenge we're challenged in that space because, you know, whether it's wearing a mask or whether it's going out and, you know, again, we, we've seen this in a way that I don't think in my lifetime I've ever seen it, you know, people just being pushing back. And so there's this level of exhaustion of, you know, people feeling like their livelihood and their, and their rights, uh, you know, as a citizen are being, you know, uh, trampled upon or, or, or being, you know, infringed upon. And it's just, I, I don't want to completely dismiss it because those are people's feelings and that's how they feel. Um, and unfortunately there's, you know, you know, people have, you know, when you say, oh, we don't trust government. Well, there's reasons people don't trust government, right? Like at the end of the day, but that doesn't mean the government in totality is bad. And so that's the argument that we're dealing with, you know, and pushing past misinformation. Cause that's to me, the biggest issue is, you know, whether or not, you know, these, you know, the science is showing us now it's saving lives. And so for these narratives to continue like, oh, you know, people are spreading wild things. It changes your DNA and all this other stuff. Like, do your research, like really do your research. That's the problem. Like, don't just take it from, you know, somebody who's, you know, who feels this way or heard it from another source. Like being some, some like, guru on social media. Right. Right, yeah. right, right. Or, you know, or some or some, you know, some podcast guy or some, yeah, I know. you know. Or some blog that, you know, again, if they're not the scientists and they're not the science, like, like follow that. And, you know, again, because like, we are all in this together. And if we don't want to be locked down again, um, you know, we have to do the things that are not going to create scenarios where that needs to happen. So yeah. we don't laugh at y'all for being compliant. Uh, we don't laugh at you guys for being compliant. We laugh at you guys for being overly compliant. <laughs> There's a difference. It's overly compliant. No, I think no, I, I think you make a really good point. And you know, so whatever we can do to help to help help um, avoid unnecessary risk is good, right? So wear your mask, do do that sort of stuff, and try and get back to normal safely. Um, yeah. and, you know, from that point of view, I think our industry has shown shown itself to be incredibly resilient. It's that idea that you know the vacation rental space can um, morph and change and evolve. If people want to go to tree houses in the forest for the week suddenly that's the, the mm -hmm. cool thing to do because it means you've got a really private nice secluded time you know you're not going to get cancelled then, mm -hmm. then 
then we all pivot and we move in that direction. And when the cities come back and packing into theatres and cinemas and nightclubs is, is, is accepted again, that's going to be really exciting for the industry because it is going to come back. The right. hard thing for the people within our industry who are, who are managing property in a certain area that is really struggling and that's where, and that's where I think um, compliance with the rules and opening up slowly will only help those people because it will mean we don't go, get shoved back into some terrible lockdown again, which is going to, which is going to ruin the momentum that we've got as an industry. Because I am, I mean, I'm a very optimistic person, as you both know, but we're on. This has been so amazing in lots of ways for vacation rental because people who never stayed in a in a vacation rental and only stayed in hotels last year. Do you know what? They stayed vacation rental and they probably enjoyed it. So yeah. we're in a really really good bit of momentum. Right. <laughs> And yeah. as individuals, we've probably all had, and let's be really honest about this, we've actually all probably had fairly easy pandemics because we all work remotely and we managed as then we managed to pivot our businesses towards where where the new property was what was coming on. And obviously not everybody has been as lucky as us in that respect. So I can understand the need from certain quarters to want to get back to things quicker. But I just think patience is a virtue here and it will mean that we have a better sustainable recovery. Um, you know, a big thing yeah. that we've mentioned as well as a three is meeting at conferences, right? Um, that's an amazing thing for the industry. Like we have mm-hmm. this, you know, you read about the, um, the Silicon Valley effect, right? In the 90s where all these developers were meeting in coffee shops and, and, and hanging out and, and, and talking and problem solving. And, and I always think mm-hmm. that the vacation rental industry does that, but like in a, in a caravan. So if we all pitch up in Barcelona, then we all walk away from Barcelona with some new, fresh ideas and we've all helped each other a little bit. Same thing yeah. when we all meet at VRMA or the Short Stay Show in London, which mm-hmm. we're hoping can happen in September. You know, we all get something from that. We all get something from that. And, and, and so, you know, as entrepreneurs, we've all been missing that creative time. Um, so, yeah, yeah, please, can it happen so, soon and safely? That, that'll be great. Let's, well, let's know, talk about, uh, you, you mentioned pivot. Talk to me about how Superhog slash Guardhog, what, first of all, is it Guardhog or is it Superhog? Because I, I want to make sure we, I get it correctly because I, I see both. Yeah, no, no, that that's fair. So, so Guardhog is the is the parent company. Superhog is the product that we sell into the vacation rental space, which is the uh, protection that um, that sits behind biometrics and then the the the, the million the one point three million dollar guarantee. Okay, tell us about how COVID and or you know how how you know there's been a huge boom in the industry, and now we're talking about things reopening up, you know, officially again, and we're hoping it's going to stay safe. But how has this affected, you know, Superhog? And and what have you seen in, you know, personally, in in what you're offering? Are you offering different things? Or are you just are you just opened up? Are you expanding? And like, how, how has it changed? And for, you know, both positive and negative? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think it's a really good question. Um, I'll try and answer it. If I'm waffling, just cut me off and t- send me back in the other direction because I could talk for hours about it, really. Um, I think we were obsessed with the urban before before lockdown, before COVID. We were just obsessed with chasing another city and you know, tacking in, t- tapping into the vacation rental market in there and dealing with it. And we really didn't, we didn't think about the other segments as much as we should have done. So the first learning for us was, well, look, our industries, wherever someone lays their head at night that is not a hotel room, that's us, you know, and that could be... Right. That could actually be a glamping site. It doesn't even need to be permanent structure. And so we we pivoted Superhog in the direction of being um, appropriate to anyone who's hosting somebody um, for, for a night. And you have to react then to, from a pricing perspective, you have to react. And 
we really had to think on our feet because no one had the prospect of making any revenue, at least for you know three to six months. So, and I guess at that time, people thought they might not make any money for two years. Some people probably haven't made any money. Another, right. another point. So it was all about making sure we were we were fluid in our approach to pricing, to um, to pitching people in an appropriate way. And our solution has never been more needed because you know if you're if you've got limited bookings all of a sudden, the guest for the first time in my career has is suddenly the commodity that everybody's desperate to get. Whereas previously it had been the property. People hadn't had hadn't had guests coming at them from booking.com, Airbnb, their own direct websites, wherever, and they needed to get more properties. That was everybody's focus. I'm sure you've seen that too, guys, right? But suddenly in COVID, it became the guest that was the, com- the, the commodity because they were so hard to find. And that's the time when you might be susceptible to taking a bad booking and just get caught out, right? right. So that's so that's we had to really make sure that we were protecting our our members and making sure they weren't taking bad bookings, and we were uh, feeding them the right information and protecting them in the right way so that they could make smart decisions. Because you know the we know from our insurance business that um, um, and our knowledge of the industry that there were Airbnb party bookings, Booking.com party book bookings, you know all, all, all the major channels and direct websites are seeing this people booking and selling tickets, or the nightclub is closed, so the nightclub becomes the home, or the and then the more sinister stuff. Um, and we didn't have a single incident of that on Superhog because obviously the biometrics um, do the job of, of taking those guests away. Um, so yeah, it's, it, a it's never been it's never been more important than it is now. And B we ha- we had to react to our situation and start looking start casting a net further afield. Interestingly, as well, we've we've um, uh, the, the the USA opened up to us in a way that I don't think it would have done had it not been for lockdown because culturally suddenly everybody was selling to one another and speaking with one another on video call. Right. And your presence, your, your presence was just, okay, I, I've got 30 minutes. Let's talk. And I, and I think Matteo too, because Matteo and I spoke probably probably monthly, maybe three weekly, didn't we, during the really tough uh, time? We, we spoke quite often, yeah, especially yeah, in the early parts too, yeah. And I, so I, my, my view on it, and I said to my team, I was like, look, just – just talk to as many people in the industry as you can, like get to know how everybody's doing. Let's just talk. Let's just be part of this community. And we're not selling anything today because there's no booking. So we're just talking. And and we really focused on those 30 minute zoom calls with anyone and everyone in the industry to bring that community together in a way that you could only do at the uh, conferences and events. And as a consequence, we've picked up a lot of clients in, in 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 the usa because yeah the networks and and the fact that we speak english and all that just 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 kind of i think brought the world closer together yeah the do you think though you mentioned that the the shortage of um the i'm sorry what when i try the, the shortage of travelers made it so you can go ahead and really expand now now here in the u.s especially since we have been opened up like and mm-hmm. pretty much it's not a shortage of travelers. It's a shortage of properties. It's an yeah. inventory issue. And it's been that, and it's, and it's, it's, it's going to be for a long time. Wow. Not only yeah. is back, it's here bigger than ever we've seen before. Everyone wants, you know, everyone's looking to gobble up. Do you think, how are you as a, an insurance product or are you as a, you know, that going to go ahead and pivot again to that, the, that need, because now it's not, the, these property managers have no problem booking their units, but how do you go ahead and find the right guests? Because there's tons of guests. Like how, how is that going to affect? 
Yeah, I think I think it's a good question. Um, well, I think for starters, yeah, it's a it's, in Europe. It definitely was, there was about six months where it was the guest that was the commodity and the property that nobody no, nobody suddenly cared about, and everyone was like e- emailing their host, telling them not to expect lots of bookings, and then it did just completely snap back. Amazing, and again, this is why I'm optimistic about the industry because it's it's in people's it's in people's travel plans now to book a vacation rental more so than ever. Um, um, but yeah, undoubtedly. The, it, it, it's a massive challenge. All the property managers I work with are, are obsessed with how they get more supply. Um, but even with so many guests around, it's still really important that you send the right guest to a property and you send the bad guest away, ultimately for the reputation of the industry as well and your business. So if, you know, if you've got 50 vacation rental apartments in um, Manchester and you're known as the, the guy who looks after them really well and you stop the party bookings coming, then then you're going to grow more inventory that way. Right. If, you're, if you're the guy who says, oh, we let any old booking in, then you, you know, you're soon, pretty soon your hosts are going to say, don't give them to, don't give them to that chap. Give them, right. give them to, uh, the, the other guy who does all the vetting. And that's yeah. incredibly important. And that's what we try to do. Like let's, let's stop problems before they can even start. And I, on a bigger level, on a macro level, I want, to be part of changing the reputation of the industry as being the, the destination for a party booking. Like, and I think we can change it. There's lots of good people out there flying the flag for this, you guys included. Um, you know, I'm thinking about the, the short-term uh, accommodation association that I'm a part of, Rent Responsibly in the US. Like, there's lots of people who are, who are flying the flag for this to make sure that we don't want to be seen as the, as the, the, the point of easiest access that somebody, somebody books a um, a vacation rental apartment because they know they're not going to be checked and they do whatever they want in there. Right. So yeah, it's right. definitely twofold mission. Well, IPRAC in um, is is doing that as well, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just look, looking at it from a, a, a property side, it's, it, it's we're all swimming in that. Like, how do we increase the, the trust? We all know that um, host and guest don't meet one another. Maybe they did in the early days of vacation rental. Right. I actually I tell the story so. We, uh, uh, we, 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 as kids, we used to go to the same, the same vacation rental in Spain for like a, a few, a few years running. Mm-hmm. And my dad, my dad was the holiday guy. Like, you know, he really was like, he was, <laughs> he, he, I guess, cause he didn't like his job. He was, he would always, he would find <laughs> <the holiday. laughs> um, and, and, and you, yeah, because lots of people say, oh, it's the mum who books the holiday, but not, not in my house. My mum worked too hard and my dad was like, oh, God, where can we get away? I hate this. Um, and, um, he, and he found this, this vacation rental in a magazine, I think, in the 90s. And, and that was it. We went there year on year because we, we, we got to know the owners. They, they met us in person and then, they, and then they buzzed off. We could always call them on the landline phone, not the mobile, <laughs> if something went wrong. And it, and it worked brilliantly. So that punter to punter exchange was 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 real to the point where, you know, the problems that exist now just just didn't exist. And then, yeah. um, you know, you, you 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 both felt that trust. Whereas now we know guest and host don't meet. And even if a host is managing their listing privately, you still might not meet them because of COVID. You might just have a door code, and that's the end of it. And and so we have to find ways to kind of create that. It's it's interesting though, and in certain markets that the guests and hosts still meet. There's you know, and like you know, like certain island markets or certain like small communities, and that say a property manager here, not necessarily like an Airbnb host or a Verba host that has like three or four units, but like larger property management companies here that have a lobby that you're going to come in, you're going to still go in and kind of do it old school, and you're going to check in, you're going to have the process that's still very alive and well, and that's not going anywhere anytime soon. But there's to be able to go ahead and meet the vast needs of everybody, you know, there 
Yeah, it's it's. Well, uh, the, Look, we had to transition. We had to transition the Kenton from a traditional front desk hotel to a contactless check-in, um, you know, asset light operation and model. Like, and it's a, it's a huge challenge, um, but it's ne- it's what's necessary actually for a property of this type uh, to run efficiently and to you know and, and to be able to service the guests correctly. Um, again, it wouldn't make sense for us to have you know a person with the type of traveler we're looking to to get and the type of traveler that's actually coming through this property. It's more suited to the short-term rental traveler versus the traditional hotel. Uh, you know, traveler in that space. And so I think you're going to see more of that, you know, more of the contact less and, you know, which is going to be present an interesting, you know, dilemma for the industry. Like, well, how do we get back to what you were talking about, Leo? Because at the core of us is hospitality, right? And it is, you know, to build in a interaction of sorts, a, you know, a, a personal interaction of sorts that will, do, you know, that is traditionally defined to stay. And, you know, as technology replaces and tools come in, you know, how do we, how do we get, how do we keep that, you know, and, you know, is that, or has hospitality just changed in a way that, you know, it is going to be different moving forward? I think you have to, you have to, sorry, John. No, you're fine. Go. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think there's such a place for handheld hospitality. Let's call it that. Um, Mm -hmm. especially in, in, in that sort of setting, you know, like a sort of boutique hotel or an, an, a hotel that's almost now setting itself up as an apart hotel, which Mm -hmm. I think was a lot of that hybrid, the hybrid model coming. And we we speak to people in that space. I think, um, I think, uh, you can just expect as a guest that if you're paying a lot of money, then you should expect handheld hospitality. And actually, mm-hmm. if you're uh, on a corporate trip and you're going to be finishing your day networking, going out for drinks, and then you want to get back to your room at 10 p.m., you don't need handheld hospitality. You just need a door right. code, and, right. and in you go. And the more versatile we all are as suppliers, and the more tools we have, the the, the more that that the, the more there'll be that crossover. And sure, there's going to be more of that crossover because Marriott are in the space and Accor are in the space. So you know these guys are experts at that type of hospitality so yeah but i do agree with you i think hospitality has changed and i think doing it at scale uh, you still definitely want to provide that experience to someone so that they know that they stayed with you right that, that they, they don't just associate it all with the booking platform that they booked on you want you want them to know that that you were involved in that and i think you know guest guest apps are one option aren't they but yeah you can't beat the personal the personal touch it's uh it comes down to that guest experience you know you, you yeah. mentioned it there experience you know one way or another, whether it's automated or it's handheld, you know, the, or the, or some sort of hybrid in between. Ultimately, your guests are going to come back. They're going to be repeat guests if they get that that guest experience and they and they know who you are and they're getting that that treatment from start to finish. Um, we're, we're getting close to the end here. Um, I want Leo to be able to say, "Do you have anything that you know that you want to leave our our audience today with?" No um, tears, though, no crying. I mean, I was going to say, do you want me to? plot England's route to the next tournament or should we keep oh, it about yeah. vacation rental? Whatever you want. It's, it's all, it's all you the open forum here. Well, one thing I'm really excited about, and this is completely unscripted by that, but if anyone else is excited about this, then just, just, just holler at me afterwards. Cause I, I think this is brilliant is that we've, we've in lots of ways, lots of us have been set free from um, the dread of going into an office four or five days mm. a week. Lots haven't, lots of us have. And those that have, I think are the most interesting uh, segment of customer 
um, that's that, that, that that's coming over the hill in the next two years because they should be booking longer. Um, they should be looking for a more varied experience. And they've probably got good amounts of money in their pocket to spend on it because they're probably working in a professional business or everyone's working remotely. Also, there's companies that are going to be doing this with their staff that are all going to be working remotely and getting together and booking villas and resorts and things like that. And I don't know. I don't. I, I know we're saying work from anywhere seems to be seems to be the, the term at the moment, but I think that's an incredibly interesting segment for all of us because how great will it be if suddenly your one week summer holiday is actually a three week summer holiday, but you know for that last week you're you're working from the um, from the pool and you're not back in the office wishing you were still on the holiday. So that's, I think, the thing everybody right. should be watching out for is how do we make our industry the go-to place for, for that type of um, booking? That's great points. And I, I definitely think a lot of, a lot of companies are, I, I think it, you know, it's going to come to marketing. You know, how do you market this? How do you, how do you package this and, and showcase it in, in a way? I think that, you know, um, I've been working from home for five years now. Um, you know, it's, so this is, this isn't new to me. Um, and, and been doing these workcations, you know, I, usually it's like a two week thing. I'll go and, you know, first week I'm off with my family. Second week, my family's off and I'm working, but you know, they're at the beach and, and I'm working, but it's, uh, you know, how do we capitalize on it? And I, I think it's a, uh, great point. Absolutely. It comes well, back to your point, the, the need for supply, right? Which is which is where we are still. No doubt. Yeah, and 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 supply and and then battling regulations. <laughs> yeah, that too. We need a whole and other hour. At a whole other hour, no. or or, or a few so. hours. <laughs> hey, Leo, thank you so much That's for coming. joining us, man. I, we Definitely. appreciate your your candid, um, your just your being you, and and uh, we appreciate you joining us on the No Bullshit Short Term Rental Podcast. And uh, look forward to having you again sometime. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back Thank again you. for sure. Thank you very much for having me. It's been it's been a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you guys again in person as soon as it's allowed. Soon, soon. fingers crossed, man. Soon. Hey, the RMA.